When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Ayson. It's Sunday morning, Watford have won again, Ben. 1-0 against Nottingham Forest. Uh, result aside, how's your weekend been? Yeah, weekend's been alright. Um, I, I hate these 12.30 kickoffs. It really messes up the day, doesn't it? So mm. yesterday, I, luckily the game was on Sky, so I, I recorded a game. Um, and it was my um, daughter's six-month um, birthday yesterday. Can you class it as a birthday six months? Well, so, I know what you mean. <laughs> half, half birthday. It was six, yeah. She was six months old. So I thought we'll just go out for a nice walk because you can't really do anything else um, at the moment. So we went out for a three and a half mile walk around Berkhamsted, along the canal, through the high street, past the castle, quite scenic views and that. So yeah, it was nice to do that. And then got back in, sat down and watched the Watford game. And yeah, another three vital <laughs> points. Um, so yeah, a good weekend yesterday, mate. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Like you say, the twelve thirty games are absolute killers because it means that I um I have to start drinking earlier. So feeling a little <laughs> bit rough this morning, but um yeah, no, listen, it, it wasn't. Your walk was probably more of an interesting watch than the, the game itself yesterday. Um, but as you say, um. Three points is three points, and we'll take it absolutely all day. Uh, and I'm glad for Messina as well because I thought he took the goal well. But listen, we'll talk all about that now. You would have seen on Friday that we're not alone for this one. Me and Ben, uh, we're joined by Josh, who is um, he runs the Watford FC snap, uh, snapshots account. So uh, yeah, I'm delighted to say we're joined by Josh. Josh, how are you doing this Hello. morning, mate? And Hello, yeah, I'm good, on. mate. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. No problem whatsoever. Right, let's let's start where we always start with the team news. We obviously knew that Tom Cleverley was going to be out, so we were a little bit worried. Perhaps with was he going to change to four four two? Is he going to stick to four three three? Who's going to slot in there? Uh, and Ben, when when the team news come out, it looked as if Semen was going to be playing in the middle, uh, and then Sky put the team news out, and Sky had Pedro in the middle, and then. I thought, well, maybe they've got that wrong, but it looks like it was Pedro in the middle after all. But was you happy with that side, considering the, the knocks we've got at the moment? Um, I was like yourself, I didn't really understand who was playing where when I first <laughs> saw the team. And then we've seen different graphics. It was like, oh, OK, it's going from this approach. Um, I just thought it looked very all-out attack. Um, surprised yeah. we didn't utilise um, Wilmot's versatility in the middle. Um, you could tell we was missing bodies in that midfield with that team uh, announcement, but it was interesting to see where Pedro was going to play. Was he going to go on the left? Was he going to play in a number 10 role? Was he going to play centre midfield, which we ended up seeing that he did yesterday? Mm. It was an interesting lineup. I, I like that he was very bold and he, he went for it and played quite a lot of attacking players, but then again, we haven't got any other players really left to play, have we? Yeah. Um, and the other main one was Will Hughes was captain. Finally, Hughesy yeah. is captained Watford uh, from the start of the match, which I was delighted to see him um, do. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was quite pleased with the lineup. 
Yeah, I wonder how much of the captaincy was reliant on the fact we were playing Nottingham Forest. Because obviously, Hughesy, ex-Derby, might have that little bit of extra motivation to get one over uh, the, the, his old rivals. It's interesting. But I thought he did a brilliant job yesterday. Um, J- Josh, would you perhaps have maybe changed the team around a little bit yesterday? Or do you think that the team selection was pretty much spot on when, when you saw the I think team it, was released? Yeah, well, when it was released, I thought... I don't know. I just, I don't think it'd be great, but we played quite well. And the only player I would have dropped is um is uh, Semma because I mm. think he's looking quite tired at the moment. For me, next game he can't play. Yeah. He's got to have a rest because he looks so tired. He does. He does. Um, I, I'd say I thought that about Saar, and um, we've had we had quite a few tweets after the last podcast saying that. If we drop Sar, then that's where we miss out. But we'll talk about him, I'm sure, because I don't think he was very effective yesterday in the second half. Um, ben, much like the Bournemouth game, we started on the front foot. You know, the first sort of 10, 20 minutes, we, we had all the ball. We looked comfortable in possession, a bit like the Wickham game. You know, we, we looked comfortable in possession now. Um, and I think the first real chance probably come when... Andre Gray had that header and again it was Kiko uh, down the side Andre Gray probably should have done a little bit better with the header I don't think he knew much about it but it was a comfortable start yesterday wasn't it Ben? Yeah it was very comfortable and it was it was it was enjoyable to watch I thought playing all these wide players in the centre midfield um, in the middle of the park really helped us yesterday because I don't think Forrest could really track the runs yesterday because the movement off the ball was brilliant. Lots of interchanging passes between Zink and Eagle, Pedro, Saar, Sema. It was just very confusing to be a um, Forrest midfielder yesterday to see where it was going to end up. Um, but yeah, our first real chance came from uh, Andre Grace header. It was really well worked at that. Um, patient build up from Zink and Eagle over to Saar and he finds Kiko like he does on a daily basis or a minute basis at the moment. Yeah. He delivers a really good ball into a box and Grey connects a header, puts it um, on goal, but it was straight at the keeper. Uh, should have probably put it either side of him to test him. It was an easy, comfortable save. Absolutely. And I think Forrest looked deject of any sort of confidence or any sort of game plan yesterday. They, you know, we'll talk about it later on in the podcast, but towards the end, you know, they made two substitutions and that's when they started to grow into the game. But yesterday, they just looked all out of sorts. And, uh, you know, no shock that Knockart went into the book because he fouled Saar. I think Saar was pretty much away. to the run into the halfway line and Knockhart's just hacked him down and like Knockhart does I think he spent more time on the floor moaning yesterday than he did actually playing the game and um, talking of playing the game and, and playing it well Josh Philip Zinkenagel is really starting to sort of come into his own and, and play really well isn't it? Yeah yeah I think he is um, obviously with his assist on Wednesday which was unbelievable mm. and uh, yeah yeah he's growing into it and I think a couple more starts and we'll be seeing like We've seen his full uh, potential. Yeah, yeah, we'll be hopefully seeing that player that, you know, brought all this promise over from Bodo Glint and he's like the fifth or sixth most um, chances created in terms of yeah. goals and assists. So really, yeah. really hoping that he, he starts to, to blend into that sort of player. Uh, but I think he's doing really, really well so far. Uh, ben, obviously the, the goal come early on, which is, I think, what we needed. So that's now... 17 home games, 15 of them we've scored first, or it's either 18 and 16 we've scored first. And I think yesterday was one of them games where it was vital that we got the first goal. A bit like Wickham, you sort of expected us to get a goal, but it was when it was going to come and we would look more comfortable. Uh, And it come from an unlikely source. And you tweeted yesterday off the account, Ben, it was a brilliant day all round for Messina. 50th start, second goal um, for for Watford. But um, brilliant build-up play again. Uh, Bong, I don't know what he was doing, but he had an absolute stinker in that first half. And Sarge just doing what he does best, running down that touchline. And um, Messina did well to, to... It was a good finish, I thought, Ben. It was a good finish, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a good, well-worked attack again. It was similar to what we did against Wickham to get the first goal last week. It was down at right-hand side again. Um, Saar really tormented Bong yesterday. Uh, I think he teased him a little bit for that goal because he was running down the byline, stopped, got to the corner. Then he was like, right, let's let's slowly go back towards our own half and then turn his back again and just left him for dead and got the 
a good ball into the box. I thought Andre Gray's movement to uh, bring two defenders with him to a near post opened up the space for Messina at the far post. And yeah, really good finish from Messina and fair play to him. Yeah, 50th start, second what for goal and a clean sheet as well. So yeah, a good, good all-round performance from Messina yesterday. Yeah, would you agree with that, Josh? Because he's been getting a lot of stick recently, Messina has. Do you think yesterday was much improved from Messina? Yeah, yesterday was much improved. Cause I thought the same against Bournemouth. I didn't think he was great. He was the weak link. And uh, Blackburn as well, I think he weren't great. But uh, yeah, yesterday showed us the real player he actually is. Because yeah. we all know he's decent, but he had an off game here and there, didn't he? He does, yeah, and obviously the the only cover we've got for him is 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 it Ashraf? Uh, I can never pronounce his name. Ashraf Lazar, who's obviously injured yeah. at the moment, and um, I don't, I, I really don't like the look of Ankaki at left back because he just looks so out of position and awkward. Um, but I mean, once that goal went in, Ben, we just looked comfortable. We had the lion's share of possession, and Forrest didn't really look any sort of danger at all which is surprising because we were perhaps was you perhaps maybe expecting Glenn Murray and, and James Garner to be chomping at the bit and maybe um putting putting a show on to show what they've been what we've been missing basically yeah well the build-up to the game was uh, oh they're going to come back and haunt us Murray's going to score Garner's going <laughs> to score Knockout's going to probably um win a penalty from a dive but it, I was fully expecting all three of them to really show up and like put themselves about yesterday, but I thought they didn't really do that. I thought they maybe shied away from the occasion, especially Murray up top. He was, I didn't even notice he was on the pitch half the time. You, you saw Garner was there and thereabouts at times, but um, I think Garner's only contribution was that deflect, help, helping the deflection into the back of the net for Messina's goal. Is he claiming an assist for that? Is he? <laughs> yeah, no, he, um, like you said before we started recording, that Manchester United Twitter account seemed to think he had like the game of his life yesterday with the stats they were putting out. Uh, so I did have to have a little chuckle. But I mean, that was probably the the goal was, was certainly, the after the goal, there was no real clear-cut chances for us. You know, at half-time, we had 53% possession to their 46. Seven shots in total, three of those on target. They had two shots, none on target. Uh, four corners for us and two for them. And 209 passes to their eight, uh, 100, I almost said 800 then, 182. Um, going into that second half, Josh, was it evident that we needed a second goal to kill it? Or do you think that we were looking comfortable enough to see it through? Um, no, I think we could have done the second goal and you saw um, how attacking we went and to only score one goal and not really create much, is, it still worries me. And another day, that goal that they scored gets called onside and it's 1-1. Yeah. yeah and Do you know I what think, I mean? Like, we yeah. need that second goal. Absolutely. To, to kill the game off, this is what we lack in this season, a little bit of killer instinct. You're absolutely spot on there, Josh. I think the, the, the turning point in the second half for me was they brought on Cafu and Lolly. And as soon as those two come on, I would, I'm not going to say they clicked and were much better because I don't, I still don't think they had a shot on target the whole game. But straight away, Ben, when those two substitutions come on, Lolly and Cafu, they just looked like they were, they were basically, it was them that was linking the play up and it was going through them. And they looked really, really efficient. And would you agree with Josh that on another day, another opponent would have put us to the, to the to the bed basically pretty much straight away. Yeah, absolutely, and I think this has been a story of our season so far. We've we've lacked that cutting edge and that quality in the final third at times this season. Mm. We've seen a lot of results this season when we just won one nils or we've got nil nils, and it, it's really could come back and bite us on the arse if we don't get promoted uh, promoted this season. So we have missed that um, cutting edge in the final third. But like you say, when Forrest brought on those two players, Cafu and Lolly, but it's like they had a bit more presence, wasn't it? And we was ended up on the back foot, and it was just was getting deeper and deeper and you could just see where it was going and we just kind of needed some substitutions to change the game. Yeah, and now obviously we usually leave the questions till right at the end, but I think one of the questions we've received, especially talking about how we need to kill games off and how it's nervy to watch us sit on a 1-0, I think this question is very relevant to answer right now. Um, just keeping with yourself a moment, Ben, and then Josh, I'll get your take on it. 
Ross Merson asked us, is this the best Watford have been defensively in your lifetimes? We're almost taking it for granted. 24 goals conceded after 35 games with 17 clean sheets. Absolutely incredible record. Ross has been following Watford since 97 and he can't recall us being so good defensively. So, yes, we need to kill games off, but is it a testament to our defence that we keep doing these, keep getting these 1-0 results? Yeah, I think it's down to the coaching side of it as well. I think Ivic coming in at the start of the season has helped out massively with our defence. Um, I, I think he kind of set the foundations, didn't he? And then Muniz has added the attacking attempt into the yeah. side. But yeah, I totally agree. I can't remember any Watford side not conceding goals. Like we've just been in the Prem for years and being hit for six for Man City every season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and now we're, we're going to games and getting clean sheets, 17 clean sheets in a season. Season's not even over yet. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Josh, I mean, firstly, Josh, how long have you been watching Watford? So just so we can get a bit of perspective before you answer this. What was your first uh, About 14 season? years. 14 years. And would you yeah. say, would you agree with Ben, this is probably the best defensive Watford side we've seen? I think, yeah, I think I would have to agree. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, a, of another one. The only yeah, thing I, I can come close to, and it didn't last as long as, as this, is when Sonino come in, because we had that mess with Zola where he just completely lost the plot in his second season. And Sonino come in and straight away sorted the defence out. And then we couldn't score. That's the closest, I think, in my lifetime. And I've been going since, I think my first game was... 0102 season or 2000 2001 season. So, I, I to answer your question, Ross, I think this is the best defensively. Uh, and a lot of people are saying Backman's not being really being tested, but I think that just backs up the point of us being so good defensively. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of sort of question marks over obviously the team news. Was Gray going to start? Was was Pedro going to come straight in and just replace Gray. Um, we seems as if we give Gray the benefit of the doubt because obviously, after all, he did score two goals in the week. Yes, it was against Wickham, so you could argue argue that it's slightly less um, of a dangerous opposition. But listen, two goals is two goals. Josh, he uh, he should have scored yesterday, shouldn't he? When Kiko put that ball across, what? How's he missed that? <laughs> yeah, at the back post, you got me scoring that. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Do you think that's going to maybe ruin his confidence a little bit now that he's, he's missed out and then obviously he got dragged off as well? I'm trying to think who come on? It was Sanchez that come on for him. So do you think that yeah. has dented his confidence a little bit or do you think do you think we'll see him score again? Oh, he was shocking yesterday, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah. He was good on Wednesday, but then again, you can't face off Wednesday against the bottom of the league. Mm. Yes, he scored two goals, but I think... Yes, they showed us what Andre is really about. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't great. And yeah. I think it would have dented his confidence a little bit. But if he gets a start against Cardiff, I don't know. Maybe we could see him score another. Yeah. Ben, going into Cardiff after Andre's performance yesterday, firstly, what did you make of it? And secondly, would you would you stick Andre up top again and maybe go with the same team? Yeah, I didn't want him to come out of the side purely because he got those two goals and I thought it might dent his confidence if he got dropped for yesterday's game. But um, I agree with Josh. I don't think he was great yesterday. I think the only real um, contribution he had was dragging those two defenders to a near post where we got that goal from. Apart from that, I don't think he really contributed to the performance at all. So it was disappointing to see him maybe perform like that after getting two goals midweek. Um, mm. And after seeing that, I don't think I would want to trust him um, playing up front in the three at, uh, at Cardiff at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other contribution, obviously, had that header in the first half and then um, he obviously kicked Samba in the head, which obviously helped us score. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he had that chance of 57 minutes, which which went, you know, fizz past him. Um, really, really should have put that away. And then, unlucky for him, sort of, nine, ten minutes later. Carlos Sanchez come on to make his debut. Ben, what did you make of Sanchez's debut, considering he only had, what, best part of maybe 25 minutes? Well, I personally thought he, he looked looked calm on the ball, looked looked all right yesterday. What what were your thoughts from Sanchez? Or on Sanchez? Well, I, I weren't overly impressed with the signing when we heard about it at the start of the week, but then injuries happened and it was like, oh, it's a sensible signing to make. Um, he's only got to move the 
be a bit of a bit part player, as you would say. But mm. I thought he he looked comfortable in the ball. Um, he, I thought he used it well. I thought he was quite intelligent. He was he was neat and tidy. Uh, he helped control the game a little bit when we needed to, when we was a bit under pressure. And he was quite surprisingly quite good in the air as well for a small <laughs> lad. Um, so I thought he was quite. A, good um, cameo role that he came on yesterday so yeah good start to Watford life for Carlos Sanchez absolutely um, just what what did you make of the signing when it was announced in the week was you with same as Ben perhaps a bit like oh why are we signing 35 year olds was you a bit comprehensive yeah. of it <laughs> yeah well obviously I'd seen him at West Ham but yeah mm. I was a bit surprised that we signed but um, yeah I thought yesterday was quite solid I think uh, he sat back in the defence didn't get forward too much and kind of shored the midfield up would and, you uh, um, would you be tempted to maybe start him for Cardiff or a stretch too far, maybe? Stretch too far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like I think he's think... good to bring on towards the end of the game and see how yeah sort of player to sort of control the tempo and maybe yeah. slow things down a bit. Absolutely spot on. I think uh, I think that's yeah. absolutely spot on analysis, there, Josh. He's um, a good experienced head to bring on, isn't he? We got to think we got Chalaba coming back after his two game suspension yeah. as well. Oh, would yeah. you throw him in there? Um, Josh, would you throw Chalaba straight back into a side? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think he's been great this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a doubt. And he's been getting, um, he, you know, it's crazy to think that we're sitting here begging, you know, sort of hoping and begging that Chalaba gets <laughs> straight back in because, you know, we said it at the start of the season and a lot of fans did as well. Chalaba didn't start the season well at all. And the fact that we're now hoping and praying that he comes in straight away next week, it, it's testament to him, really. He's been, you know, he, he's sort of ridden that bad experience and that bad wave of form. And now he's coming out the other end and slowly showing signs of what he was like his first loan spell because his first loan spell he was phenomenal I really really liked him um just shows how good he's been performing in the last 10 games really doesn't it he's been yeah. playing consistently week in week out and his performance has just gone up and through the roof so fair play to him but yeah we are starting to miss him a little bit in that midfield and I think it'll ease pressure on the defense with Chalaba being included back in yeah, yeah, 100%. I think <laughs> this probably shows how much of a dull game it was, the fact that I've jumped from one substitution straight to another. Because I think the only the, the, the only real chance I can think in the second half after these subs, uh, Zinkenagel put one over, which I thought he was going to bend into the top corner, but he ended up going just over. Um, Zinkenagel come off, Hongbo come on. Um, we've got to see him start soon, haven't we, Josh? He just looks so, so good when he comes on and he just gets yeah. forward at every opportunity, doesn't he? Yeah, he's an unreal player. I think he's warranted a start as well. The last two last two games where he's come on with 10 minutes to go or so, he's been unreal. What do you, a talent. Do you think that, obviously you mentioned at the start that Semmer looks knackered. Surely it's just a like-for-like replacement, isn't it? Sem- yeah, Semmer yeah, out, yeah, yeah. Hungbo in. Um, he yeah, just definitely. creates chances, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bit more attacking. He'd get at players, he'd go past players. You know what I mean? He'll take them on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Ben, would you agree with Hungbo in for, for Semmer? Give Semmer that rest he needs, the poor sort, because he looks shattered, doesn't he? He does look shattered. The only thing is, if we was playing midweek, I'd I'd start him. But we've got seven days till we play Cardiff, so I think yeah. I, I think I don't I don't see Munes resting Semmer for that. Maybe there's a midweek game coming up after Cardiff. He might do, but I agree with Josh. He's an exciting talent that we've got. Humble, he's strong, direct. He, he just. And boy, can he cross a ball. That oh. ball he put into a box yesterday and it just yeah. inches yeah. away from Saar. I don't know if Saar was expecting the cross to be that good um, to get onto the end of it, but what fantastic ball. And he, he definitely deserves more minutes in this team. And I, I do think he's a perfect sub-replacement for Semmer at the moment because at the start of the season, we've not really seen people coming off the bench to re- replace our um, wingers. And now we've finally got them in um, Hungbo and now success um, coming back as well. So it, it is refreshing and it's going to, it's just going to help the team isn't it yeah I'm going to talk about success in a, mi- a minute but one person I want to sort of focus on now at the moment Ben uh, sticking with you first Saw yesterday um, personally I thought first half he was good you know a um, little bit frustrating at times where he'd run stop and like almost walking pace and then beat his man and take it right to the touchline that's fine we're sort of used to that I thought Bung was a red card waiting to happen but after he left one on Saar on the halfway line, we didn't really utilise him. And when he did, he just 
didn't look bothered. Whether it's fatigue kicking in, I don't know. But I don't know what you thought about his overall performance. But I thought second half, he was not pretty much non-existent in my in my view. Anyway, would you echo that, or am I perhaps being a bit too harsh? I thought it was a game of two halves for Watford and Saar yesterday. I thought first yeah. half, Watford were brilliant. Saar was brilliant. And then second half, when Saar don't perform, Watford don't really perform. I thought it was maybe a bit lacklustered, a bit below par second half. And you just wanted to take on his man, but he, he cuts back too much for me sometimes still. And maybe that's down to fatigue. Um, but like I say, we've got a week until Cardiff now. So hopefully that's going to help him out. And, I know people are like, oh, the international break's coming up at the end of the month. Sars going to get called up for Senegal, isn't he? And he's going to be playing two games away and travelling X amount of hours to travel to Africa as well. So that's just going to give him more minutes into the legs and make him more tired. So I wouldn't mind him being rested soon. Maybe not for the Cardiff game, but um, I I do think we've got Sheffield Wednesday coming up soon. So I think that could be a good chance to give like Sar or Semmer a rest as well. So, so you agree? With, is that something you'd agree with, Josh? Would would you maybe rest Sar in those games where we've got? I think we've got a run of Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham, and Birmingham. So, do you think they would be ideal, or do you think playing straight through is is good enough? Uh, I'd rest him for the Sheffield Wednesday game, getting the rest, and then play the other two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think we have got some, you know, good-looking fixtures coming up. I think Cardiff and Reading out of the next six are the, probably the two that I'm a little bit wary of. Cardiff. Yeah. Also. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think if we're going to rest in... We've got Middlesbrough away as well. Um, yeah, that's never an easy place to go, is yeah. it? Yeah, so it's Cardiff away, Rotherham away, um, Birmingham at home, Sheffield Wednesday at home, Middlesbrough away, Reading away, Luton at home. Yeah, Luton, Luton away. away, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if already beat them. Them lot at home, thank God. <laughs> the next player I want to talk about is back. Isaac Success. Um, I'm, do you know what? I'm gutted we only saw him for two minutes because I can't really talk about his performance because he was only on for two minutes. But can I say that he looked all right? Can can I judge him on two minutes, Josh? Josh, what's your thoughts on Isaac Success? Do you do you think he's got a future at Watford or? Yeah, I think, you know, I love the guy. When I was seeing the um, pictures of him playing in the under-23s, I got really excited, like, success is coming back, was buzzing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah so I thought, he, he didn't look too bad, but obviously it's his first game back and God knows how long it's going to take some time, yeah. it? So, I was trying to I'd figure like that to out. to make a few appearances. How long has he been out? Because I thought it was a year. Is it a year, Ben? Is it? I have I have no no idea. It's too long. Um, I'm to think the last time he played, I'm sure it was maybe a year. I want to say, and I don't know whether this is because he did he play in the FA Cup final season? I'm not sure. I, it'll be interesting uh, I think to he, find out. I think he definitely played in that season. I don't know whether he played last season though. Um no. was the last goal he actually scored in the FA Cup away to Newcastle as well. It, um Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, and I think he yeah. played in the FA Cup final season because we lost to Tottenham. Uh, we played Tottenham at MK Dons, and I'm pretty sure he played that game as well. Um, so, yeah, it was the FA Cup final season, possibly. Um, but, yeah, listen, it's hard to judge his performance, isn't it, Ben, after two minutes? But do, can you see him maybe warranting a place in the side this season, or do you think he's just going to be a bit part, bit part player? Um, it, it's going to be difficult for him to start games, but if he works harder, he definitely has the ability to force himself into a side. Um, it, there's lots of talent with um, success, but we've just not seen it yet. Over in Granada in Spain, he he, he was brilliant. Him and Penaranda lit that lot, uh, league up down in the bottom half of the Liga and they performed really well together. So hopefully we see the best of success. I do think the championships may be a bit more of his standards and we, we might see the best of him in this division. But yeah, I just want to see him play more. Um, like like Josh, I was excited when I saw him um, back in the under 23s. I thought that was a great way for him to get minutes under his belt and try and get back out onto the pitch and try and get some goals as well. So yeah, excited for success. And I, di- I did think he looked a bit of a unit when he came back yesterday as well. He looked quite trimmed. He did. He did indeed. You know, obviously he's had his personal troubles. Um, 
But he uh, he did look good. I've just had a look now. He made five appearances, 19-20 season, which was last season, um, which is really odd. I really don't remember him playing last season at all. Um, and then he made two appearances for the under-23s last season. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's it's going to work out for him. You know, I think the championship may, more, may be his level. You know, I remember when we were in the Prem, I think he was linked with Aston Villa when they were in the championship. So whoever it is that overlooks all of that, obviously sees him as that sort of level player. So hopefully he can start and maybe play his, play his way into the, the game. Um, before we start the, the questions that we've got and before we, we finish talking about the game, because, you know, um, it really wasn't a uh, <laughs> one to, to really delve into. Typical Watford. Forrest were putting on all the pressure. Watford liked to test the heart rate at the best of times. 1-0, you're thinking Forrest have looked naff all game. They've not done anything. They've got all the possession, but they're not usually utilising it well. Lyle Taylor grabs the ball, puts it in the back of the net, and I'm thinking, oh my God. Thankfully, the assistant referee's flag was up and he saved us. But Ben, does that maybe highlight why we need to put games to bed? Because yes, he was offside, but on another day... It's quite easy that an official might miss that or might, might misjudge it, and then it's one-one, and we've not put the game to bed. Yeah, it, it does highlight it. <laughs> it's just frustrating because we've seen it in back-to-back games now. Um, yeah. We saw it at Wickham versus Dislow goal um, when we was one 0 up. That could have changed the game. And then yesterday, them scoring so so late into the game, and thankfully the Lino slag saved us on that occasion. But uh, we've got to start putting games to bed. I, I, don't know how you feel, but I, I hate it when we try and sit on a one goal lead and it, it's yeah. so it's stressful and it's not good for our heart rate. Is it? It's really not that I think that's why I've aged so badly. Uh, like I'm, I'm 25, but I regularly get mistaken for like 30s, um, and I think it's genuinely down to Watford. Like they're killing me at the moment. Uh, it's nothing just... to do with the drinking, no. <laughs> no, mate. No, no, definitely not. Just you, do you. Do you find that as a, a Watford fan as well? Like the last ten minutes, like I've, even if we tune it up, I, I'm always thinking we we'll lose this, we'll draw this. I was watching it yesterday. I was saying to my brother when I was watching it, I says, "Forest are going to score here." I thought, they've done nothing all game, but you still think they're going to score? But I think, as Ben says, Josh, that's why we've got to start putting putting teams to the sword and, and getting maybe a second and third goal, isn't it? Yeah, it does really worry me because obviously we saw our attack in the. Uh... Lineup wasn't only to score one goal. We've got to be putting games there. We should not free pass Nottingham Forest yesterday, honestly. The yeah. colour we have up the top of the pitch is astounding for the championship, and we should really be putting games to bed earlier on. Absolutely. I, th- I think a lot of Watford fans will agree with that. The the attacking prowess that we've got, and we've uh, we've only scored one. Uh, but the, the fabulous home records continues. 44 points now we've picked up at home. And the second best in the in the um, country is Norwich and Peterborough with 38, I believe. So 44 points at home is absolutely incredible. I think we've scored the most home, go- uh, home goals as well. It, Brentford were level, but I think because the game was postponed... Um, they they're no longer level, so we've I think we are ahead by one maybe. So a one nil win, yes, we could have done with putting two or three past them, but a win is a win at the end of the day. It wasn't pretty. Sometimes you have to win ugly you, you, just to get the three points, and that is what we did. We are up to seconds. The full time statistics were fifty six percent possession for the Hornets, forty three for Forest. 12 shots on target, uh, well, 12 shots in total, four of those on target, nine shots for Forrest, none on target, seven corners each, 431 passes to Forrest, 317. Um, and most importantly, Ben, before we start on the questions, we're up to second. Obviously, massive, massive help that Brentford didn't play yesterday, uh, but annoying that Swansea somehow managed to keep getting these penalties which are penalties and scoring late on in games isn't it <laughs> it is yeah um, it, it was a much relieved three points I know the performance wasn't 100% great but we grinded out result again and that's what we're seeing this season when when things get a little bit tough in the last 10-15 minutes we're managing to hold on and grind out results and picking up victories I've just seen that yesterday was our 14th home um, 
game this season, which we've won, equaling the number of victories at Vicarage Road in our promotion season in 14-15 season. And there's still games left to play. Um, so, And the club record is 18. Um, so we're only four away from that. And so we could definitely set a record for that this season. So it's something to look forward to and um, push forward to try and beat that. But uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking... I don't want second place. I want to try and catch Norwich up. No, Do you mate, think come I'm on. Mad? Yeah, I think you are mad. We're <laughs> catching Norwich. They're 10 points clear of us, man. And they don't yeah, look like they're going to stop losing either. They keep bloody winning. Yeah, but I, I, we still got to play them as well. That's down yeah. to seven if we win that. Oh, yeah, I mean, well. I, look, <laughs> Norwich, uh, Brentford's threw away a nine-point lead in a week. Yeah, I just think that. I think top spot's completely out of the question. I mean, yes, we have got to play them, but haven't, we've got to play them like right at the end. So, like, I think by then... They, they might, might already even, be up. Yeah, I was going to say, they might even be up <laughs> by then. I'm just looking now at the, the fixtures, and we've got Norwich. Um, there's three more games of, of the season after us playing Norwich. So, that could be the, the 10 points. That could be them wrapped up. In fact, they might have to beat us to win the league. So, um, yeah, I think you are mad, basically. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but, listen, I think if, if as long as we get automatics, I don't really care. Like, we missed out on the trophy that season. We went up in 14-15. Yeah, it was annoying, but we still got back to the Premier League, which is the main aim, I think, in this season. Right, now to my favourite part of the show. It's the sh- part where we ask for your questions and you send them in. Um, bit blown away need, by the... the um, we need the title for this, don't we? We, we, we do, need, man. Yeah. Mike's questions or... <laughs> yeah, we, we, need, we, we do need a title. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm more question blown away... time with Mike. <laughs> I'm more blown away with the amount of people that send questions in. It's like, you know, I put it out yesterday um, and I think we had like, we've had like 18 or something. So for those that don't know, if, if you're a first-time listener or if you've listened before and we've not done this feature, um, some of the questions will be Watford FC related uh, and some of them will will not. So uh, we, we like to mix it up here. Um Let's start with a, a serious one. Ben, I'll start with you on this. George White, who's a regular listener of ours and regularly comments on how he enjoys the podcast. So firstly, thank you for that, George. He's asked, Truce to Kong, not convinced by him. Assuming everyone was fit, who would be your two central defenders? Uh, we seem to get this question a lot. George's would be Cabaselli and Sierra Elsa. I think we're getting this question a lot because I don't think anyone really knows who <laughs> the best partnership is at the moment. I don't yeah. think Cisco knows fully either with the rotation that he keeps doing as well. Um, I, I think Trucy Con, he had moments yesterday where he looked uncomfortable on the ball, mm. uh, overplayed the ball into the stands a few times. And then I thought it was to blame for the disallowed goal as well. He, he kind of miscontrolled yeah, the ball and then... Murray got a foot on to it, which led it into a path of Lyle Taylor. So he was kind of... He would have been to fault to have, uh, at fault for the goal if it ended up standing. So mm. I, I still believe that he is possibly one of our better defenders, though. And I think Sirielta and Trucy Con is maybe my preferred option at the moment. But yeah. like I said a few weeks ago, I, I'd like to throw Cabaselli in with Sirielta and see what he can do. Yeah, because that's a partnership we've not seen yet. Because they've obviously yeah, both... because um, Sirielta came in came to in. replace <laughs> Cabaselli, didn't he? And then yeah. ever since. You know, everyone's saying about, at the moment, about our home form. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? I, yeah. I can't remember how much we've won or anything. Um, we've got one, two, three, four, four, five, six, seven. We've won seven out of the last eight home games um, mm-hmm. since um, Munis has came in. But if yeah. you notice, that's, that's when Serialty came into the side. Um, he, he didn't start a league game before that. So with Serialty coming in, that's seven out of eight league games that we've won at home and only conceded three goals in that time. Chilean, Chilean man. El Rocco, I call him. Uh, the Josh, monster among man. Well, yeah, exactly. Josh, your preferred centre-back partnership, who would it be? Uh, it's a tough one. It is. I, I've quite, I quite like the look of um, Truce Kong. I think he's been doing well. Obviously, he looks a bit shaky here and there, but I think it'd be unfair to throw Cabasaitl in straight away mm-hmm. as soon as he's fit. But yeah, um, yeah maybe I'd I'd stick with Sierra uh, and Truce Kong for now until Cabasaitl's fit, and then maybe introduce him slowly. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you spun there. Obviously, you know, Truster Kung. I think we spoke about it last week, didn't we, Ben? He's he's looked a bit shaky recently, but we, we're hoping it's just a blip. You know, every player has them, uh, but yeah. you know, you don't become the captain of your country for for no reason, and he regularly gets called up, and you know, he's he's a a solid centre back. So hopefully, he can uh, improve his form, and we've got some hell of a partnership on the back there. Um, Cameron has asked, how do we fit Sema, Saar and Zinkenagel into the same starting eleven on a regular basis? Is it, are those three players you'd look to start on a regular basis, Josh? Yeah, I think so, yeah. If they're all fully fit, then yeah, definitely. Because uh, yeah, I think they've all been great this season. Zinkenagel, we're just seeing the start of it now, really. But mm. Sema's been unreal. Saar, I think Saar can go up a level as well. I think yeah. we haven't seen all the Saar yet. Yeah, Imagine brilliant. that as well, having Saw going to another level because he's been unreal for us <laughs> yeah, this season. Yeah. If he goes yeah. up another level, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's what he's waiting until the end of the season so we can go on that run and go maybe lift the title as you were, <laughs> as you said earlier, Ben. <laughs> um, <laughs> ben, can you see like can you see those three regular starters? Because what I wanted to mention as well was. That would mean that Zinkenagel would be playing in the middle of the park, which isn't really his natural position. Yeah, but I think we've we're starting to see in the last two games that he is um, putting himself about. What I like about him is his defensive work for the last two games has been brilliant, and you wouldn't really associate that with an attacking player. Um, so I think he's adapting his game to fit into Watford's side. But I think him playing in the number ten role and putting Semmer on the left and Tara on the right, I think that's where we, we can see all three of them playing at the same time. I do think we're going to see a lot more from Zinker and Eagle. This is just the start for him, but for him yeah. to be playing out of position at the moment, I think he's doing fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I think you're absolutely spawn there. And, um, you know, obviously with Chalaber will be coming back, Gosling will be fit again, hopefully Cleverly will be fit again. But, he, he's really giving Cisco a selection headache, which is what we want. We want players mm. in these positions challenging and thinking, oh, who do we start this week? So it's, it's good to have that, that depth in squad. Um, a regular listener of ours, Jamie Davis, has said, I'm really starting to focus on our results nowadays and hope that the rest of the teams will fall by us in the final five or naturally. My question to you guys, Ben, we'll start with you on this. <laughs> What's your ideal meat for a roast dinner? And something which I don't <laughs> believe we've spoke about since the first ever podcast. What was your first game watching Watford? So he's thrown in two questions there. Thanks, oh, Joe. Um, so my... Preferred meat. It's easy to say chicken. You have chicken with absolutely everything, so I'm going to take that out of the equation. Yeah, uh, I, I do love a nice, juicy bit of lamb. Ooh, I love a okay. lamb. Um, mint and then sauce leftover. As well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you yeah, got to throw yeah. mint sauce on top of that. Um, so yeah, um, preferred meat would be lamb for me. And then my first ever Watford game. Um, it, it was at home to Leicester last game of the season I can't remember what year like 96, 97 I think we got relegated that day and we actually got um, relegated with Millwall and Luton down to Old Division 2 which would be League 1 uh, nowadays uh, so that was my first game of the season as a Watford fan all them years ago the highlights were in black and white I heard <laughs> we'll have to uh, we'll have to drop a swearing warning on the start now then. Uh, <laughs> Josh, ideal meat on a on a roast dinner and your first what for I'm game? Gonna to, I'm gonna have to go with Ben as well. Lamb, percent. Yeah. Lamb man, okay. without a doubt. But uh, no mint sauce, not at all. Can't be having that on it. Ruins it. Oh, controversial. controversial. Yeah. <laughs> first what for game, Josh? Uh, West Brom at home. No idea what year, but I remember Danny Graham scoring a penalty. Oh, okay. I think that might one nil been... win. Oh, we won. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That was um, that was an interesting season. I think the meat for me, if we're completely disregarding chicken, is um, see. I'm on a downfall because I don't really have gravy. I like gravy, but I just don't have it. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a gravy sort type of bloke. Um, but you live up north. <laughs> <laughs> Remember on Soccer AM, they used to do that, Northern Boys Love Gravy. Yeah. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but uh, yeah. I, he, he, 
another interesting thing, obviously. I don't so like you gravy. don't put gravy on your chips? Uh, no. No, no, I can't no. believe this, mate. I'm a curry sauce man <laughs> on chips. We have got a question about that later on, so I don't want to go too much into depth with that. Um, for me, I can't believe you, you guys haven't said it. It's gammon. Gammon, hands down, wins for me. If I'm walking, into, if I'm walking into a Toby Carvery, do you have Toby Carveries down south, by the way? Or is this just... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah okay. No, no, I have to check sometimes. I have to check sometimes. So if I'm walking into Toby Carvery, if it, the, he's got his meats out, I, I'm, I'm having gammon all day. Because you don't need anything on it for it to be sort of... Um, it's not dry on its own. That's that's what I'm having. Um, and my first game was Viali season. We lost 2-0 to Crew. Rob Hall scored. Uh, it was away at Crew. Um, I didn't... The first few games that I, my dad took me to, um, I would have been only, what, five or six years old. We didn't win for like the first three or four. And then he took me to Tranmere at home. And he thought, if we don't win this, I'm going to stop bringing him because like we just can't <laughs> win. And luckily, we I think we drew. So that saved my Watford supporting career, basically. Uh, career? Watford supporting life, basically. So, yeah. Um, and then ever since then, it's been... Um, Roller coaster ride, to say the least. Um, back to a, a more serious, well, a, a more Watford-based question here from uh, John Parslow. Is is giving us free? Ben, will eighty-eight points be enough for automatic? First off, I don't think it will. I think you're going to get into the nineties this season to get automatic. Um, I think it's it's going to go down to a wire with us, Brentford and Swansea as well. So I, I can see a couple of teams maybe getting into 90s, but it's maybe going to be like 93, 94. It's going to clinch um, second spot. And I'm going to mix it up here now. I'm going to jump to question two from him with you, Josh. We've obviously got Cardiff next. We've seen yeah. that Backman can be a bit shaky, you know, with coming out claiming crosses and everything. I mean, that punch he did yesterday, how I've, I've just remembered that, that looked like it was just outside the box. So it, we possibly got away with one there. Cardiff are a big physical side. Their long throws, which can be from anywhere from the halfway line. Do you think he'll cope against Cardiff? As you say, yeah, he's rooted to his line for cross. He does no presence in the air. Mm. But he hasn't seemed to have done anything terrible so far. Yeah. I mean, it, his distribution's great, but it's just yeah. uh it's just his uh presence from crosses really. But yeah, I think he'll be able to deal with it. Yeah, no, I think we've got enough of a defensive I think it's gonna yeah. be a toughy start of the lot. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to it, which brings me nicely on to the next question he's asked. Sticking with you for this one, Josh. If you offered a point now versus Cardiff, would you take it? No. No? It's got to be free for me. Oh, okay. okay. Teams like Swansea, they're, they're not stopping winning at the moment. They'll probably get another yeah, jammy true. little penalty. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of teams up and around there. We've got to be careful of look over our shoulder. It's got to be three points for me, personally. Interesting take, Ben. Would you take I, a I point? Think... I think if you're taking a point now, you're settling for playoffs and we don't want playoffs. So, yeah, I'm with yeah. Josh. We want three points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really nervous for the Cardiff game because they look really good at the moment. I mean, they drew on Friday night and Huddersfield missed a penalty. So, you know, if they'd have lost that, who knows what could have happened. But, um, see, I, I would take a point only because it's away to Cardiff and they're like shit hot at the moment. But in terms of if we want to go for automatics, and yes, we do need three points. Um, we've had a, a question from Peter Johnson, who's said, missed Cleverly and Chalabar, but feel our overall squad is the strongest it's been in a long time. Uh, and then he's finished with the question. Ben, do we uh, do we miss Dino? Um, I don't think okay. we are missing Dini. I don't think I don't think we are missing Dini at the moment, mate. Um, no, I know. Yeah. We're pick, we're picking up results. I think there's leadership being shown by other players, which was lacking from Troy Dini at the start of the season and towards the end of last season. Um, I think we're starting to see us coping without Troy Dini, and that's what we're going to have to do going forward. Because, like we said, he's out of contract at the end of the season. He's, he's got a nasty little injury at the moment that could probably keep him out for the rest of the season. So, we might not even see Dini back in at all um, in a Watford shirt. So, I think we are coping all right without Troy Dini. Yeah, yeah. I'd, <laughs> pains me to say, but I, I think we are as well. You know, obviously, he's a big leader, and what influence he has in the dressing room is. You know, we we don't know because we're not there. But 
it looks as if we we are at a real strong point at the moment. We've got other characters, we've got other leaders in the dressing room as well. So yeah, I I don't think unfortunately, I don't think we are missing Troy. Um, ben, sticking with you, Clive said, how does Cisco get his hair like that? Is it gel or mousse? I think it's wax. That's a I'm wax gonna... job. That is. Do you reckon? Yeah. I don't think it's gel. Um, gel would make it really hard, wouldn't it? And it doesn't yeah. look like... I'm going to go for mousse. Or, or maybe clay. Has he put a bit of clay oh, in it? Clay? Uh, yeah. Sort of Roman <laughs> ritual, is that one? <laughs> no, there's a hair product that's like clay. Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought you meant actual <laughs> not like, clay. No, not, not like the muddy clay that yeah. you would find in your back garden. <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd been down the local builder's yard and maybe uh, stuck up a deal there, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I'll I'll give you that. Um, Josh, favourite pub to go to before or after the game in Watford, and your Moon Underwater. Moon Underwater you cannot go wrong yeah. with Moon Underwater. When um, when me and Ben first started meeting up for games, we always used to meet in uh, Moon Underwater, didn't we, Ben? But we've uh, yeah. slowly changed the allegiances to Walkabout now. Is that your answer? Uh, walkabout. Yeah. Um, yeah, mine would be walkabout. I just like going in there and watching the games um, because Moon Underwater, I don't know if it's changed now, but they never really showed any football um, uh, in there. I don't think they're allowed, are they? Weatherspoon. Yeah, I don't think, don't think they've got the licence. All they can show no. is BBC um, uh, if actually, there is a game on. They've, they've, um, when I was in there last, they were showing a game on BT. Um, so possibly they've they've changed the rules a little bit. They've got that bit at the back, haven't they, where you can watch the games. Um, mm. I think we the first time we ever met was in uh, like for a home game was in there. It was the Bournemouth home game, the six one. Um, so some good memories in Moon and the Water. The only annoying thing is they've got away fans as well. You don't yeah. get many away fans in any of the others. Um, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to say Bosley's because that's where I watched us beat Liverpool three um, 0 so I'm I don't mind Bosley's, but I, I prefer Walkabout. What's your take on Red Lion? You Red Lion fan, or my my thing is, it just takes ages to get bloody served in there. The one next to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I've only been in there, I think maybe once or twice. I was in there the the playoff season. We were playing Leeds, or was I in there for that season? I might, it might even have been the promotion season. I was in there once, and as you say, it takes ages to get served. What's going on with it now? Is it still, is it like a running pub at the moment? Because it's always closing down and reopening and closing down. So I, I don't know. I think, I think it's a fully open pub now. Um, it's just the pandemic. It's not been able to open. But before the pandemic, I think there was opening it seven days a week. Um, oh, okay for anyone to come in. So it wasn't just a Watford pub on the match days. I was trying to open it up to like entice more people in and doing like discos <laughs> on Fridays and that. Um, what I love is when you walk up Occupation Road and whenever there's a Watford game been on and with just one, you can always see, hear the disco on um, yeah. when the doors are open in Red Line. I do like that. Yeah, and then when we've lost, you you've seen people that in the Watford Church are in there already, drink drowning their sorrows. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's um, he's Steve's also asked, um, have you got a favourite place to eat in Watford as well? Uh, we don't really go anywhere to eat, really. It's just about the drink. <laughs> walkabout offer um, discount for season ticket holders. So um, if if I'm going to get food, I'll get food in Walkabout. Yeah, that's what we tend to do. Uh, yeah, yeah we've never gone for a meal pre-match, really, have we? No, no, it's just pretty much beers. Uh, burger vans outside and us. Uh, to be fair, that's the only thing we do do, isn't it? We have a few drinks at Walkabout, walk to the ground, and before we enter the ground, we always go to a burger van. So, yeah, it'd have to be a burger van. But which burger van is it? Well, I was is just going to say... Is it the bigger one, uh, closer to the ground, or is it the smaller one with the two, um, the, the man and woman on it? Well, I was going to say... Um... I think Pat McNicholas put a, a tweet out um, a few weeks ago asking this question. And I'm going the, the bigger one near the ground. Josh, are you a burger van man? No. No? No, not at all. Uh, Ebb Tide. Chippy Ebb, on the corner. Oh, how have I forgotten that? That is right. Ebb Tide. Yeah. It <laughs> pisses all over Fridays. Yeah, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully none of them. Uh, <laughs> nobody that's working there is a Watford fan that listens to this because uh, I've just got myself a, a lifetime ban. But anyone that says Fridays is better than Ebb Tide, you you need to you need to go and maybe 
speak to your doctor or something because ebb tide is there's a reason there's always a queue around the corner i cannot believe yeah. i forgot about that that best ship in the world that is um <laughs> we've had a question from um from rosemary who is also a regular li- listener and <laughs> i don't know what she's her, her thinking is behind this ben, <laughs> have you got any pretty much super Ah, pre-match superstition rituals keep it clean um so i i I don't know what superstitions or rituals anyone else has but have you got any that are broadcastable and won't get us chucked off spotify for the rest of our lives (laughs) i I don't know how to answer that Um, i don't know what she's implying does she think that we we're we're not very good people and we do kind of things like that I i don't know um i don't know I'm a little bit offended if she does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Rosemary. Keep on listening. Um, I don't really have any superstitions. The only thing that I've started doing this season is when we're playing away from home, um, when the team sheet's announced, yeah. I, I see what shirt they announce the player in. Uh, and then I'll go put on that away shirt. So we were playing in black and Tuesday's announcing oh. the team and they've put that in. Um, so I'll go put my black away shirt on or if it's a white or if we're in yellow. That's what I've been doing this season. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any other superstition. But the only one is I don't walk under road signs or step on the free drains um, when I walk into the ground. Uh, I don't do that. See, I've, I've always thought that, you know, when, as you say, the road signs, I'm not superstitious at all. So... Like even if there's a scaffolding, I'll walk straight under it. A lot of people walk round it. I've never been the superstitious told Josh, have you got any pretty much rituals at all? Um, no, not really. It's the free drains on. I don't do that. That's the only one. But no, yeah. no any pretty much. No, yeah. I, I I started one on Wednesday, so it's not been running a long time, but it's hundred percent at the moment because we've won both. I ordered myself the O seven oh eight shirt because I've got it, but I was like a lot younger back then, so it definitely wouldn't fit me. So I've ordered one in my size now, and I wore it for the first time on Wednesday, and obviously we beat Wickham. I wore it yesterday against Forest, and uh, yeah, we won. The only problem is I um, I dropped my kebab down it last night. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna uh, if I'm gonna wear it next week, it definitely needs to be washed about three or four times. So uh, yeah, I had a kebab last night, and it was absolutely delightful. Um, the next question on the list is actually from you, Ben. Um, asking, can I explain that hairstyle? Um, for, for those that don't know what Ben's talking about, um, go and have a look at it on the tweet. I um, I went through a weird phase. That was the promotion season. And that hairstyle was in, but I think you had to, only certain people could sort of rock it. And my <laughs> hair wasn't really long enough to be doing that. It looks like a ponytail, basically. Um, it's pathetic mate (laughs) I'm trying to build it up to make me not look like an absolute idiot which I already do thanks to you Um, I don't know mate I just it was the in thing back then and I was young and naive and I thought it looked cool so um, like I said last night Sierra Elta vibes but he's got longer hair than me so that's that's my uh, that's the one Um, WFC Henry says how crucial do you think Hongbo's going to be for us in the running I think we touched on this a little bit earlier uh, Josh, do you think he's going to have more parts to play, and do you think he's going to be a key player for us in the running? Uh, I don't think he'll be a key player, but I think he'll really help to see games out and come on and, you know, tire out the defenders, fresh legs at, with 10 minutes to go and whatnot. But mm. no, I don't think he'll be crucial, but I'd like to see him a bit more involved next season, maybe a couple starts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we've answered um, another question here because James uh, Hurst has said uh, he's hung by ready for, to start some more games soon. I think we've touched on that. Um, he's also asked, um, are you are you a Nando's man, Josh? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. What's your Nando's order? That's what James wants to know. Chicken burger, peri fries and uh, a Coke. Pretty boring, what? but... No, well, what... what See, I'm I'm not big on Nando's, but what flavour you are you having? Because I know they have different flavours, don't they? Lemon and herb. I hate spice. Yes, yes. Absolutely hate it. Thank you. Me and Ben had this conversation the other week on the podcast. <laughs> I am such a wimp when it comes to spice. I cannot be having it. Ben, yeah. you a Nando's man? Uh, I do like Nando's. I think it's a bit overpriced. I did my own Nando's at home. Um, oh yeah. 
but if, when I eat out at Nando's, I go for a medium chicken burger, uh, double fillet, um, oh. with the sides of creamy mash and spicy rice. Creamy mash. Yeah. Jesus. See, I'm I'm butterfly chicken, lemon and herb, straight up chips as well, uh, corn on the cob, and then a, a, a sagres beer. But the last couple of times I've been, they've they've run out of the beers, so it's really done my head in. Um, but yeah, that's that's my idea. But I'm with Josh. I cannot handle spice whatsoever. Um, Harry Chapman has said, "Will Big Isaac be the difference for the last part of the season?" Uh, I think I'll answer on behalf of all of us. I don't think he will be the difference. Uh, I think he's going to be a bit part player, and uh, I think we'll probably only see him for maybe 15, 20 minute cameos. Uh, happy to be proved wrong on that one, obviously, but uh, I don't think he'll be a big player for us in the last part of the season. Um, and we've some of these questions we've actually already answered without actually getting round to them. Uh, like we've said, when Cabaselli's uh, BRO7 WFC said, when Cabaselli's back, would you put him with the Chilean Maldini? I think we've sort of said, you know, not straight away. If Trusta Khan continues his run of form, then possibly, yes, we will bring Cabaselli in. But Cabaselli will know he's, he's got a fight on his hands to get back in that starting 11. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to Cardiff, should uh, Hungbo start over Sema next weekend, Josh? Yeah, 100%. Sema needs a rest, like I said before. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. He's got to start. Yeah, that's from Tom Deli the Goat, WFC underscore Josh, that is. Uh, ben, should he start next week over Sema? See, I think because there's a there's a whole week without any games in between, I think Sema will get a little bit of a rest. I, I would... Um, I would start Sema because it's, it's a massive game going to Cardiff as well. They're, they're a good side, so yeah. I would bring I would bring Humbo off the bench to replace um, Sema at some point in the game to try and tire out the defenders a bit more. But yeah, I don't think he he's going to get a start from me just yet. But he's close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. He's close. Uh, I've saved the best question till last, right? Because this is the big question. Ben, I'll start with you. Chinese, Indian, or fish and chips? Indian. Indian? Yeah. The, um, you're not having a curry tonight, are you? Last time we uh, spoke about it. No, actually, actually having a lasagna today, mate. So, lasagna. yeah, really looking forward to it, yeah. Wow. Um, Josh? Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Are you, see, yeah. I'm one of these people, when I go to the chippy, I don't actually have fish. Are, are you, no, me neither. What do you have from the chippy? Butter sausage or uh, oh, meat. Shout. Yes, mate, I had Donna yeah. last night from, uh, oops, yeah. I had Donna meat last night and uh, it was absolutely banging. Uh, I'm yeah. also, you know, partial to, um, remember that trick we got told at Wigan Away, Ben? A oh, pie, mate, yes. Turn it upside down, a bit of brown sauce on top of it. It sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it <laughs> is the future. Uh, Makes the ben, flavour come alive, don't it? Absolutely. Me and Ben went to uh, Wigan Away when we, we lost 2-1. And we we thought we went to this bar. Was it under the ground or something? It was, or by the I side? Think it, it was, was in like a canopy ground, or something. It was in the ground. It was in their function room, but they opened it to away fans. Yeah, and we we went. We got there so early, didn't we? We got a train up. Uh, I met you on the train. You got on at Birmingham New Street, and we was on the Virgin train going up to Wigan. Uh, did a few bar crawls to the ground, didn't we? And then yeah. we went into this <laughs> bar place, and we I think we ordered a pie or something. And the, the guy he was telling us about this trick of turning the pie upside down and putting HP sauce on it. We we looked at each other. And we was like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. What is he on about? <laughs> and then it wasn't until we actually tried it. And it was like, oh my god, this is a, this is a different level. Yeah, he, uh, he he changed my life forever, so I owe him big time. <laughs> if the security guard still works at Wigan, hopefully they uh, we get him in the cup or something next season and fans can go and we can revisit him and I can shake his hand and buy him a load of beer because he's changed my life. Um, but I would probably, out of all those, for me, it's got to be Chinese and it's crispy duck all the way, crispy duck and pancakes. The only problem is... With a Chinese, you are that stuffed afterwards. It's um, it's not for the, no room for any beer afterwards at all. So that's the only downside. Um, but See, those... if, if if a kebab was thrown in for that selection, I'd pick a kebab over all three of those. Yeah, you can get a kebab at Chippy though. Oh, all right. No, Where I do you get your like kebabs a... from? 
Well, in, Bur- <laughs> in Burka, there's an actual kebab shop. We have kebab shops. So we don't yeah. really have a chippy that have like do um, kebabs or anything. So that'd yeah, be that's too, why. Um... That'd be too working class for uh, for the for the south. <laughs> didn't Burko? Didn't the locals once kick off that they were getting an Aldi or a Lidl built? Yeah, but we've still never had one. <laughs> it's absolutely mad. I'm like, you know, it's Lidl's and Aldi's all round up here, mate. Best place to there, go shopping. There was rumours that they was going to put a McDonald's in um, for High Street as well, and it was kicking off massively. And then they've ended up putting a Greg's in the in the. Uh, a petrol station and there, there was up for just doing that <laughs> oh mate I'd say like, they wouldn't last two minutes up there no way um, but yeah no listen those those are the questions we've uh, we've spent quite a long I, I genuinely don't realise how many questions are sent in so thank you to continuing thank you for continuing to send in those questions uh, me and Ben really appreciate it Josh I'm sure you've uh, you, you've probably answered some questions which you probably didn't yeah. think you would be uh, yeah. on the Watford podcast so listen guys keep keep the questions coming um, we are now going to only do the questions on the weekends because if we do a midweek podcast we usually like just got out of bed uh, well me anyway and I'm usually still bloody half asleep for them so we, we, we're going to keep the questions for the weekends podcast to make it a little bit more interesting uh i'm a bit anxious at time so we'll very very quickly just move on to the game coming up against cardiff we've obviously spoke about who we want who we might want to see come in or who we might want to see stay in the team if i can just start by asking you ben um just quickly what you think how you think the game's going to go and then end on a score prediction for me i think we're going to see a game where probably cardiff are going to probably dominate possession, um, throw lots of long balls into a box and try and test our defence and Batman in particular. Uh, it's going to be a difficult game, but hopefully we can stand tall and try and get the three points. Um, I'm just going to go for a 2-0 Watford win. Yeah, 2-0 Watford win, like that. Uh, Josh, how do you think the game's going to go? And then just uh, end on a score prediction. Yeah, I think our um, defence will get tested as well, to be fair. But as we've seen this season, with all these clean sheets, we're quite solid at the back. So, uh mm. Yeah, I reckon we'll uh, we'll nick a 2-1. 2-1, love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. It is going to be tough. Um, I think we, we have to be wary of the, the threat from Kiefer Moore. The guy's on fire at the moment. Uh, and, you know, they've they've got quality all around the pitch. I think Joe Bennett's been ruled out for the rest of the season, actually, I read the other day. Uh, so who they've got at fullback, I don't know. But Saar and Semmer or Hungbo, whoever it is that's on the wing, they need to have their burners on. And... Uh, I'm, I'm feeling really nervous for this one. I, I, I think it will probably it, see. I want to go with a one-one draw, but I, I want I want to be a little bit more optimistic than that. So, sorry, we'll nick it. I'm, go, I'm going the same as you, Josh. We're going to nick it two-one, um, and I think Pedro's going to score, and I think Sar's going to score. So Pedro to get his tenth goal of the season, and then Sar as well to score, and I think Zinchenko is going to set up both goals. He's going to continue his fine run of form, but listen, that's um, that's that's pretty much it for this week. We we cannot thank you enough for for listening. Uh, massive thanks to Josh for joining. Like I said, he uh, he is a man behind the WFC snapshots uh, Twitter account. His Twitter and that Twitter account will be in the description. So make sure if you don't already to go and follow both. Uh, so thank you for coming on, Josh. It's uh, it's been an absolute yeah, thank pleasure. You for having me. No, not Cheers, a problem awesome. whatsoever. Uh, and like I say. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you a little bit longer but that's because of the questions that are coming in like I say keep them coming myself and Ben will be back next week to talk about the Cardiff game and then look ahead to our game after which is Sheffield Wednesday I want to say Rotherham Uh, Rotherham Uh, we will hopefully be speaking to a Rotherham fan sorry we couldn't get a view from a a Cardiff point of view this week but uh, yeah enjoy the rest of your week stay safe and come on you ones Sports Social Podcast Network.